Financially Free with Cleo. Hey, this is Cleo with CleoYogaFinance.com, and welcome back for another episode of Financially Free with Cleo, a show where we shift mindsets with real and raw money conversations with everyday people, empowering you to take action, appreciate the journey, and live the lifestyle you desire financially, mentally, and physically. Today, we have two very special guests, my first married couple on Financially Free with Cleo, Janoka and Anthony Hartzog, a millennial couple that has faced the reality of discussing finances and finding a pragmatic solution to tackling their overwhelming debt. They were born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, moved to Dallas five years ago, right after getting married. In 23 months, the couple has paid off $114,000 of debt, including student loans, credit cards, and paid off their car in one year. Oh, that is amazing. They raised their income by $20,000 their first year by working numerous side hustles during the pandemic. They made about $155,000 in side hustles alone. It is possible, you guys. Mm -hmm. Also, they started a local residential cleaning business called Maids to Match here in Dallas without cleaning houses. Catch that, y'all. Since paying off debt, they have traveled to Maldives, Dubai, Jamaica, Cabo, and Africa. Those are some places that are on my list. <laughs> Janoka and Anthony's story is so amazing and extremely encouraging for anyone wanting to pay off debt and aiming for financial freedom. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you all doing today? We are doing Fantastic. good. That was a wonderful introduction. By thank, you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm so excited for you guys to be here. I'm ready to learn and grow. And I'm sure everyone out there listening is ready to learn and grow from you guys. And I've been following you all's journey for a while now. And I want others, a lot of people are aware of the work that you all are doing, but I want so many more people to learn about all the things that are going on with you all. But I always like to start from back in the day when we grew up our childhood. So just start off by sharing with us how you all grew up and how you first learned about money. Okay, you wanna go first? You go for it. Okay, so um, basically I was born, we both grew up in the projects in Brooklyn, New York. Um, mostly uh, my mother's a single mother. My dad is in my life, but it was just mostly with her. She's a teacher. When it came to money, I don't really remember much about it. I have an uncle that's kind of an entrepreneur and then an aunt that was in the military that was very specific with like having a bank account, Roth IRA investments, like she knew all of that. But my mother, it just was kind of like, I got an allowance here and there, but money was never like a, a it was never like a struggle or discussion in that regard. I just knew that you had to pay the bills and, and that's it. Like I didn't have my first job until like uh, junior year in college. And wow. so- you know, I did like a summer job one time just to get like a resume going, but not that I needed it. Um, I never was one that, I know a lot of people say like, well, I wanted money at the beginning, like to buy my own stuff. And I'm like, I was never one that really cared. I guess I felt like I had everything that I needed. So that was kind of my journey with money. And for me, I'm um, oldest of three, three um, siblings. Uh, I had both my parents in my life and I just knew growing up that you had to work to make money. So my first job came at like 12 years old. I was packing bags at the grocery store. I used that money to buy my first video game. Um, it was like Killer Instinct for like Super Nintendo. It was like $50 or something. Looking back, that was actually pretty expensive. 
Um, <laughs> and then from there, I had a summer youth job. And even all through college, I, I was an RA, I was an SA, I was an orientation assistant. Um, I was always working. So that was, that was my um, encounters with money growing up. Yeah, that's so cool. So Anthony, you already had the experience with the multiple, yeah. <laughs> multiple <laughs> incomes at a very young age, which is cool. Yeah, definitely did. Definitely did. And I had my first job. I was 17 years old at KFC and that was my first job. But I only got it because I was like kind of bored, didn't have anything else to do because I have an older sister. So her or my mom, they always just paid everything for me. Uh, We didn't grow up rich or anything, but, you know, I want my little cricket phone bill paid or if I wanted some new shoes or something like that, I would just go to my mom and my sister. So I got introduced to it just getting my little KFC part-time job and thought I was rich. And so, you know, you grow up and you realize, ooh, it's expensive out here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you can share with us one of your biggest money decisions, I know we can think about a lot of different decisions that we've made, you know, throughout our lifetime, but what do you all feel like is your biggest, your best money decision? Paying off the debt. (laughs) I would say before we've been paid off the debt, I think having a conversation, I think before we've been paid off the debt, I'll probably say our our biggest or best conversation or what kind of got us here today was planning for our wedding. That was the first time we were like, all right, we got to put our money together and we got to have a bank account and we had to start putting money into it monthly or right. bi-weekly. And we, and we knew that we weren't going to go into debt to plan our wedding. So we mm-hmm. were able to pay everything cash essentially and left the wedding with nothing, you know, not owing anything. Um, there was mostly us, our pair, um, you know, our family did contribute, but it was mostly us just, like you said, just realizing like, okay, we have this goal. And that was like the first time I think we realized like, wow, if you want something, you could really work for it. So, you know, <laughs> in that year and a half to two years planning for the wedding, it was just kind of like, put the money in, we got to pay for this, put the money in, we got to pay for that. So yeah, yeah, definitely the wedding was a start. So that was yeah. when we, first, we had our first joint bank account at that time. And we were yeah. just both doing auto contributions and any other monies we got, we just put it to that bank account mm-hmm. to pay for the wedding mm-hmm. and any other expenses that came up. Yeah. So did you guys have a wedding planner or just did the planning yourselves together? Oh, we did the planning ourselves. And my mother is really good at like planning events and decorating and stuff like that. Yeah. So she assisted a lot, but it was all us. Um, we did it in New York and we were like, <laughs> we wish we knew. At that time, there was no discussion of coming to um, Dallas, like when we were planning. Yeah. So we said, we wish we did it in Dallas. It would have been way cheaper because <laughs> oh, yeah. New York is expensive. So. Yeah, I've only visited there about twice, but <laughs> I've always wondered, could I ever live in New York because it's like everything is expensive there. I feel like if you grow up there and you have no choice and so you have to make it work. Yeah. But someone coming like from the south and the you know the space and all that you get to go there is probably like this ain't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I the last time I traveled there was like January or February of 2018 and I stayed in a hotel there. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but the hotel room was so small and I was like <laughs> I stayed at this type of hotel in all kinds of states. And in New York, I just assumed it was going to be, you know, nice and big. And it was like a closet. And I was like, what is going on here? Is it just this hotel or clearly New York? Coming from Dallas, you go down to New York, you're like, the apartment that we had in Brooklyn was was, a good size, though. We actually did have a good size apartment. But but that's not what you usually get. That's not that's (laughs) not the norm. Um, So you're paying a lot of money just for just to be in New York, to say Mm -hmm. you're in New York. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is your most challenging money experience? I would say for us, it's figuring out when we're going to travel and when we're not. 
because usually that's when our discussions or debates come up because yeah. she always wants to trap but I'm always like oh let's save the money and right so but usually, I'm like what you saving for like how long we saving when we <laughs> when are we gonna be using anything that we're saving um I think that and then sometimes just with spending so we're both not you know, really big spenders. I mean, he used to be a bigger spender than I was, um, but we really don't spend like that. So the times that we want to, or that I want to, and then it becomes a discussion. It's like, well, why is this a discussion? We don't spend anyway. And he's like, well, we can't just go out and do this. And I'm like, well, we can, because we have the money. It doesn't disrupt anything. Like, it's not like we're going in debt or we're not paying a bill because no. of it. That's something that we continue to have to, you know, find that balance of, you know, it's okay to spend, <clears throat> but how, you know, how early do I need to tell him for him to like, say like, okay, I understand and we can go for it. And that's so what we, just, we also discovered that in like our therapy session, it, um, the therapist, we had a conversation where she was yeah. like, he needs, he being me, yeah. <laughs> she's like, he needs to have an introduction to the conversation that we're going to have about the money right. that we're going to spend. So if we're going to spend, you know, $900 on a bag, don't tell him the same day. Like, give him a, a week or two heads up, like, hey, I'm thinking about getting this bag. Yeah. Because that's the type of person I am. I want to know what we're going to spend our money on, just so I can under, have an understanding before we got to get to that Gucci store, Louis store, and then spend And I'm sitting at the restaurant. We see the store. I'm like, oh, let's check it out. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> kind of where we, we differ, yeah. but um, usually just the conversation helps. How do you all manage all of that? I know sometimes when people are wanting to start a business or a side hustle, a lot of their worries is, you know, well, how do I have time to do this or time to do that? So how do you all find the time to manage working your full-time jobs, managing those businesses, and also spending quality time together? And also share with us, you know, what are the fields that you are in in your nine to fives and what are those side hustles that you have? So we'll start okay, with the that was loaded. Nine, so that was, I know. <laughs> So nine to five, I'm an IT director. Um, yeah. I've been with my company eight years now. So I'm a mental health therapist and I work with a, I'm a manager at my company and I work on the managed care side. So basically like insurance side of it. Um, but I do side hustle doing like kind of private practice, but online essentially. Um, some of the things we got going. When some of the things we have going now <laughs> is. <laughs> well, you, you got a bunch. Well, I don't so like I said, I do like, um, therapy online at this point. I was doing it before before COVID hit, so, but now I have a, way more clients. So I do that on two different platforms. Um, that's just my side hustle. But then the side hustles we have together now is we have our cleaning business, Maids to Match in Dallas. Um, we have the Heartrimony, which is you know on social media, but it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so within that, we um, have one-on-one -on -one consultations and coaching in a community. And then, you know, we have the cleaning business made to match. And on Harchimony, we sell courses for that, you know, how to get your service-based business up and running. We also have a group. We also have a four-week program that you can do if you want your, you know, want us to be along with you step-by-step. We also we, just got our first rental property. Right, investment property in 2020. Um, and then we also uh, bought a car specifically just to have it on a platform to rent it out for people to use as well. Um, that's it that I can think of. We're working on- like, We do Rover. We do Rover where we watch dogs as well. <laughs> now we only take our regulars, um, but yeah, we do Rover. And uh, we're working on another big project that we haven't kind of put out there yet, but that's another thing that's taking up time. Uh, and your question about like, how do we balance it all? It's coming to a point that we can't, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, the past few weeks we realized the the bigger that we get and the more that we put on our plate is just, we just can't do it. But in the meantime, as how did we do it all? Uh, when we were paying debt, one of our side hustles was uh, working at a gym, Equinox. Yeah. Um, and so at that time, I've always worked from home prior to, to COVID as well. I was getting off at four o'clock. So essentially I had the rest of the day. Um, and so I would go work at Equinox 5 to 10 p.m. or 5 to 9 p.m. weekends as well. Um, and he was doing that after was work as well. As well. Um, so that's kind of most of the side hustles and things that we take on. It's flexible. And that's how mm -hmm. we, you know, allow ourselves to continue to do it. If it was like, you know, let's just use the KFC that I have to be there this time and it must do 30 hours a week. It just wouldn't work for us. So all of our side hustles are very flexible. We can, like, I always can turn off, say no to Rover, Equinox, they both knew that we had a full-time job. So they allowed us that flexibility, um, you know, so on and so forth. We can shut down the car, like, no, you can't borrow it. So that's a bit about how we balance it, making sure all our side hustles are flexible. Um, anything else? I would say utilizing, well. utilizing the, the entire day. So now yeah. we know after work, we can't, we can't, we can't do anything outside of like our side hustles. We know right now we're working out in the morning. So we're waking up at five and working out in the gym at six. And then we're working mm -hmm. at, we're not doing our nine to fives or for me, it's a seven to four. Mm -hmm. And then for her it's eight to five. So at five o'clock, now we're working on things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So utilizing the full day is important, but also outsourcing what you could get help with. So now we have yeah. virtual assistants to help us the with cleaning the cleaning business. So during the day, they're taking on the phone calls, they're answering their inquiries, they're on Yelp, they're on Google, so they're helping us out. Mm -hmm. So utilizing your resources, um, utilizing your full day. And um, and then also just <clears throat> for us, just being intentional about it. Like yeah. when we set goals for the year and monthly, it's like, okay, must do a date two times a month or like the weekends, it's mostly just us if we go out or something like that. Like, yeah, we'll work on our businesses, but we both are very honest with each other. Like, okay, an hour, that's enough. Let's just watch yeah. a movie. Let's just do this. When we notice things are getting too busy the past few weeks, like, let's go, let's do a staycation. Let's, so just being very intentional about it as well, because we know we have a lot on our plate. So we yeah. got to make sure that we're prioritizing our relationship as well. Yeah, most definitely. And I think more people when they're when they're thinking about starting extra side hustles, like you all mentioned that you guys have that flexibility where you don't necessarily have to physically go to like, you know, a KFC, you know, and be there present. And I think that's something I've thought with my own self is that, you know, I can multitask on different things throughout the day and get it done. And I think more people are looking for ways to do things that they really enjoy where they don't have to get, you know, 18 full-time jobs or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, that's something that he says as well when it comes to side hustling and getting more income. Like you can just start with like, what are you doing at your nine to five and how can you extend that? Can you do OT at your job? I wish my job offered it, but that sounds okay. You know, can you get OT at your job? Is it just an extension of that? Kind of like me as a therapist, like I don't really do therapy in my nine to five. However, the side gate of therapy is still in my career still, you know, so what can you find that you enjoy or that doesn't take too much time away as well? Like one of my, one of my friends, he works at a, at a hospital and he was trying to figure out, oh, I want to do a side job. Mm -hmm. I was like, can you do a side job at your hospital? So then he started taking an OT. I was like, that's essentially a side job because yeah. it's, you're making money outside what you would normally make. Mm -hmm. And then he started doing other things at the hospital that made him money as mm -hmm. well. So utilizing where you already are to kind of, you know, get to that next level. It doesn't have to be a separate job. Mm -hmm. You could be doing something currently at your, your current position and figuring out from there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I like how when you start, you know, one thing, it kind of can lead into another. Like you mentioned that, hey, he did some extra hours at work and he was able to find other things to do. So I think it's about like really just starting with, you know, what you already know and stuff you're already doing. And it can just open the door to more income earning opportunities that we probably didn't expect had we not, you know, taken that first step. Um, But with your Hartrimony name, when I first seen it, I just thought it was very unique, so cool. And I'm like, what is that about? You know, so how can you guys create that name and what does it represent? So I created it. (laughs) Mostly we do. (laughs) So basically it's a play on our last name and matrimony. Um, So our last name is Hartzog and, you know, matrimony. So that's how we got Hartrimony. Um, And also... And that was our the, wedding song was the Wale. What's what's the name of the song? Wale. The matrimony. Yeah, matrimony. Wale. matrimony. Yeah. Um, Wale song. So that that's how that name came about. It is very unique because the last name is unique. Because we use that, we use the the Hartrimony hashtag for our, for our wedding, wedding and our well. Snapchat filter. So mm-hmm. it started off just like a thing, like, oh yeah, Hartrimony is cute. You know, everybody, everybody has a wedding, they want a, a cute hashtag. So yeah. Took me forever. I got it. And then we used the hashtag and then we kind of just and then, yeah, kept it going. When we was making the Instagram, we were like, what should our name be? And our friends was like, why wouldn't you just use the heart tumor? Like, what? Why are you thinking outside of that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're right. So yeah, that's how that's how that came about. Yeah. Well, I like it. It definitely stands out and it's very uh, catchy and like unforgettable. So I love that. And Yes, you're welcome. And I also want to know about, you know, being financially free, it means different things to all of us. But what does being financially free mean to you too? Being a dog mom. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so financially freedom would be, it's hard because we go back and forth. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, originally we said that if we make our nine to five incomes from our side hustles, then we, we will quit or we'll take a break or something like that. And then it like, we've made that already and we still working. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, do you think if we make this or have this amount of investment properties, we'll start, stop working. And so it's difficult to kind of gauge that. I think every year it, it changes, but freedom also means for me, just like being able to travel when I want, essentially um, being able to just wake up and do what we need to do, which would be kind of like gym and working on our businesses, whatever those businesses are, uh, because we continue to just have different things happening. Um, so that's, that's kind of what it, what it requires. Not even so much money. Cause I feel like at this point now that we've side hustled and we continue to do different things, I feel like it's, we would know how to make money. If anything was to happen, I don't really even yeah. think of the money part of it. Um, just kind of like, the freedom of for us and the time that it provides. I think the time freedom to me, that's the biggest, the biggest part of it, because if you could just imagine if you would just get up and do exactly what you want to do or what you feel mm-hmm. like you were put here to do every single day. Right. Um, I think that's what financial freedom means because a lot of people, you know, you got a lot of people who retire young and then they don't quit work. They don't quit doing what their, yeah. what their purpose is or what they feel like they were put here to do. They're yeah. still working on something that's important to them. So right. to me, um, having that time, um, time freedom allows you to kind of do what you want to do or what you feel like you want to wake up and do to help others. Right. But there's just no restriction to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, like when we have, you know, we have our nine to fives and everything else is happening and we're like, how are we going to get all of this done? You know? Right. And so it feels like sometimes if I can't give my all to this, you know, is it slacking? Is this business getting all that we can get? And when we say that with the heart money too, just coming with content, we're like, we know we can do so much better, but we just can't because yeah. we're, you know, we just pulled in so many different ways. And so 
you know, that freedom being able to do what you want to do for those businesses and things like that. So I like the fact that you all share that, hey, we're still working on nine to fives because, you know, we want to, may not necessarily have to, but it's just what we want to do. And you can still be successful in your businesses and your side hustles too. You can do it all. It may not be easy, but I know you guys make it work. (laughs) But that nine to five guarantee check business differently. And I think that that, that, I mean, that can be a crippling factor as well for people and possibly for us as well. You know, you you could be doing more, you could, I mean, we speak about that. We know that we could probably grow our businesses to another level if we probably weren't working on under five, but it's just hard to just let that go. You know, you went, I, I got my master's for this. I work, you know, you work for that all this time and it's yeah. kind of just to let that go. It's like, okay, that's hard. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely not easy. And I really think that, you know, everyone has their own, I guess, time frame and when they feel that it's the best time to let the nine to fives go. Um, because I've had, I've heard conversations of people say, you know, if they left their nine to five and they decided to go back and they don't really want to share that with someone. But I just think that, you know, we're all on our own journey. So when we feel like it's ready to take that step to leave the nine to fives, cool. If you feel like you need to go back, then do that. Cause I just feel like we're all like learning and growing on this journey. And yeah. I know you all mentioned that, you know, it's, um, that, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to do all these things. Uh, so do you feel that you are planning to hire more people to help you in your business? Because uh, I know for me, um, I tend to try to do a lot of things myself, but I realized we all don't have that much time. So example, for my podcast, I was like, editing is a lot. So I hired someone to help me with editing audio and video. So for you all, have you all thought recently of any new employees or contractors that you would want to add to your uh, business to help out in certain areas? Oh yeah. For the, for the cleaning business, I said we would do um, an operations manager because even though we have virtual assistants to help out, I mean, an operations manager would be a virtual person as well. We got VAs to answer the phone and stuff like that. We want someone to kind of have a stake in the business in terms of like, this is I'm part of the business. VAs, they like, yeah, I help, but I'm not part of the business. Mm-hmm. So maybe an operations manager, um, a person that has a stake in the business, um, maybe salary to hourly, whatever it may be. And like, that's part of what they do. I think yeah. I'll be in the cleaning business. Yeah, I think we just need an assistant in general. <laughs> and he's that. like, assistant with what? I'm like, listen, I have a lot of tasks that they can help us with. Um, like right now we're currently, we speak about like looking for a social media manager. Um, same thing with kind of, we don't have a podcast, but we do want um, someone that edits our videos because we do want to do more YouTube. But once again, it's just another thing that's time consuming. Like we can tape it, but then to edit it and do it all to make it look good. Um, So we recognize that. And so I know they say like, if you can't, either you don't want to do it or you can't handle it anymore, then outsource it if you can, obviously. So that's that's the point we're at. We're, we're thinking about operations manager, but we are looking for a social media manager. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. is something that we definitely want. And we're speaking to people about doing video edits. So yeah, we, we understand that it we just, the capacity is just no longer. And it's funny, we had this conversation this week and I told him because we, I always say, like, like, like I said, I always say we need assistant, we need this, we need that. But he never, not that he disagrees, but he never really says anything. And this week he's like, well, what do you think, what is the person you think we need now? I'm like, well, wow, what made you realize that? He's like, mm-hmm. because I recognize that we're going to the gym in the morning. You're still not leaving the office until 7 p.m. And then we have like these three hours, seven to 10. 
eat, walk the dog, hang out. So I go to sleep early anyway. Yeah, so. he goes, he's an old man. 10 o'clock. Him and the dog is night night. <laughs> so I'm like, well, maybe we stay up later. And he's like, and then what how are we gonna go to the gym in the morning? So, you know, trying to find find that balance. And so we've just come to that, you know, realization. But we've been doing it, you know, for three, three and a half years all by ourselves. Yeah. So. Even with a social media, that's like a hundred jobs in one already. Um, so years ago, I used to wonder why do people need a social social media manager? It's just you know just posting, right? But it's different when you're just on social media because you're not r- trying to run a business or anything. But once you cross over into using it for a business, then it's like wow, yeah, it's like all the planning and prep work and just you guys already already know the whole rundown of what goes into social media planning you know all day every week so now I see the value in hiring social media managers and brand managers and all those other things to really help you because it can be very time consuming but the good thing is when you when you have those uh, incomes coming in it feels good to know that hey I'm at a place where I can actually have the money to hire someone you know Mm -hmm. sometime in the beginning it can be difficult if there is uh, not enough room in the budget to hire more people. But when you come to that point where it's like time, you think about money, it's like, yeah, I think it's time. It's about so, that time. It's yeah, about that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know what advice you would give to uh, married couples or soon to be married couples if they desire, well, not if, because a lot of couples do desire a healthy relationship with each other and with money. So what are a couple of tips you can give to those people who are maybe struggling and trying to figure out how to make it all work? Uh, you can go first with this. I, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would say, I would say not being afraid to have those conversations because the longer you keep it in, the worse it's going to be. So we talk about everything. We talk about everything pretty early. We, we, it's not like it's, I've been thinking about this for two weeks or three weeks. So it's been bothering me. <laughs> right. Like if it's bothering me, we're talking about it now. Um, and kind of I take that same approach at work too. Like when we, like I have a couple of managers under me and I'm like, if you have a disciplinary conversation, it has to happen within 24 hours because they're going to forget or you're going to let it fester up and you're going to be upset about it. Mm-hmm. So um, having those conversations early and often would probably be um, my advice. Yeah, I think piggybacking on that, like we speak about having budget meetings, which is really what we call family meetings. And it's just a place to just check the temperature, you know, kind of check in. Obviously, we go over our budget, but everything else was happening at work, what's happening personally, what do we need to work on? What can we do better at? You know, how does this work for you across our businesses as well? Um, I think, but I know for a lot of people, just having that conversation can be difficult. So, I mean, we're both fun. very vocal. So I was going to say that, make it fun. There's games out there. There's, there's so many ways that you can kind of just go about it. And then recognizing like, if it's getting too heated or you're not getting anywhere, we can separate and come back. Like we don't need to hash this out right this now. second. Um, but I think also just being open and understanding where people come from, kind of like what he's saying, like for him, he can't just splurge, right? And for me, it's like, I don't care. Like, that's fine. We got, we got, I guess. So I think understanding your partner as well. So if it's going to take you two weeks or a week, I'll tell you two weeks ahead mm-hmm. that I'm about to do this. Like, that's not a big deal. Right. So that type of compromise as well. And just being open to the conversation. It doesn't always, like you said, have to be formal and like, okay, let's sit down. Let's do, you know, we can just chat it out. So. Yeah. I love that. Anyone out there listening that's in a relationship or you're <laughs> and uh, you're already married, it's really important to listen to other couples like you two who are 
making it work to take in those tips and advice to see how it can help your own relationship become better when it comes to money and working it out together. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to know a little bit more about you two. So I'm just going to ask a few quick questions, uh, really easy, uh, just to get to know you two a little bit more. So I would like to know, what's you all's favorite food? <laughs> my favorite restaurant is Red Lobster. I don't know what my favorite food is. Um, it's probably like chicken, something basic. Well, I love steak, actually. <laughs> I do love steak, so let's go with that. I would say for me, it's pizza. Oh, yeah. I like pizza. Pizza. <laughs> I like pizza. And sweets. Yeah, I'm a huge sweets guy. So. Yeah. And I'm not really a sweet person at all. <laughs> really? Ugh, I yeah, am yeah. definitely a sweets person. Anything with bread and cheese, I'll eat it any day. So I love pizza. Cheese is like okay to me. Like I'm not, of course I eat it, but I don't get excited the way that I know a lot of people do. <laughs> cheese lover. <laughs> okay, so as far as traveling, I know you guys have been a lot of places, but what is your favorite place that you've traveled to? And what's a place that you have not been before that you're looking forward to going to? Um, favorite place in probably Dubai that we traveled to. Looking forward to either Thailand or Greece next. Thailand, Greece, or Bali. One of the three. <laughs> um, probably Thailand because I know it's cheaper. Um, would be next for me. And for me, it was Dubai as well. And yeah. I don't look forward to traveling yeah, anywhere. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm not a big traveler. I just go wherever she wants to go. So yeah. the thing about it is like, he doesn't get excited until like the day before until we're there or something. Then he's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I don't have a place where it's like, oh my God, I want to go there one day. Yeah. It's just not me. Yeah. But Dubai is like Miami and Vegas on steroids. So it's a good time. <laughs> mm, I have not, I love to travel, but I have not been there yet, but it is on my list. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. All right. <laughs> so what's y'all's favorite season? Spring, winter, summer, fall? Um, well, in Dallas, anything but summer, so. Right. I personally do not like, the 90, 70 degrees is not for me. I don't, I do not like that. So maybe I guess spring or fall would be mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would have to be. Just not summer in Dallas, no. I don't like, I don't understand how people like being outside in that weather. I'm like, you're dying. You're, you're but I do love summers in New York. The energy is just different. Like That's there's barbecues outside and you go up the block, somebody barbecuing, mm -hmm. across the street, somebody barbecuing. And the music blasts and you hear as soon as you park. Yeah, <laughs> we miss summers in New York, um, yeah. but not summers in Dallas, nah. I'm good. So the summers in New York, it's, it's not hot and humid like it is here in uh, Dallas. It gets hot, don't get me wrong, but nothing like this. No. Yeah. It doesn't get this hot. Yeah, when I first moved here, it was August of 2017, and I moved in August when it was oh, no. hot. I'm moving in the summer either. <laughs> and when I moved here, I moved from, I was living in Denver at the time, so it gets hot up there, but it's dry. It's not hot and humid at all. And I was so miserable. Like, it was literally like 6.30 in the morning, and I was dripping sweat outside, and I was just totally confused. I'm originally from Tennessee, so um, it, it's hot and humid there, but yeah, Texas is definitely a different level of hot and humid. My first year down here, I did a company barbecue. I'm like, oh, let's, let's all get together. Let's do a company barbecue. We did it in August, and everyone's like, you don't understand. Like, you shouldn't do this. So we did it. It was miserable, but everybody had a good time. <laughs> we had we had drinks, and everybody would be all right. You've got some vibes. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. again, though. Yeah. Not, Not again. Just one first and last time. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. 
Okay. And the last one here is uh, $500,000. So I want to know what is the first three things that you two would do if you had $500,000 right now? Hmm. He's going to say investment property. I'm going to say, that's not going to be my thing ever. I'm going to say maybe like one or two investment properties and probably putting the rest in the market. Hmm. I probably got other plans. I got some traveling places. I'm not even thinking about traveling. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely travel to some places. Uh, Save. So whatever saving looks like, it's saving. If it's just a saving stock, whatever. Um, Buy my mother a new car. And then that's she it. needs a new car. She yeah. needs a new car. <laughs> and then you can um, add that to my new car for her. <laughs> <laughs> or used car. And then I don't even know if we will get a house. Because I mean, we go back and forth on that as well. Um, we grew up in an apartment and we've been yeah. in an apartment since being out here. Obviously, the apartments out here is bigger than what we grew up in. Um, but just the convenience of an apartment, I understand. Um, we're throwing money away. I get the concept. Um, but just the convenience of an apartment. Like, I call my complex if I need my light bulb change. So, like, that's just the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't even know if we would just say, like, get a house. So, yeah, that's probably a traveling, saving slash stocks, and buying mother a car. That's that's my. Cool. Got I need my car, too, though. I just thought about that. <laughs> yep. Because I'm getting either Audi or Tesla. <laughs> My, I have a daughter, she's 17, and she's already told me she wants a Tesla. So what? I had her look up the prices, had to do her own little research project on the cost, the starting price of Teslas. And, and she was like, oh, is that all? And I was like, where are you, where are you from? Where are you? Hold up. Yeah. I said, uh, now she's like, you know, she's like, well, if you don't want your car, I can have yours. Or you can give me a graduation gift and give me a Tesla. She graduates in May, but she 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 um she knows that there. She just has this. Um, I don't know how to say it, but you know, kids have this. They like to spend a lot of money. But I think they also have a different type of exposure than what we grew up with with social media. It's just easy access, and it seems like standard sometimes. Like that's just part of life. Yeah. We didn't have exposure to us. Like whatever you knew in our neighborhood and our family, and that's it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I grew up in the projects in the hood in South Nashville, Tennessee. And I didn't grow up with, you know, we didn't get to see this type of stuff. I told my daughter when I was in high school, we didn't have Instagram and social media, Twitter, okay. Snapchat, all of that, where you can see everybody's stuff all over the world. Yeah, you can see people in the neighborhood, but in my neighborhood, all we saw was raggedy cars, <laughs> you know, and if you did see a nice car, you know, it was from, you know, people who do certain things, that's illegal. And yeah, they got the nice cars, but, you know, I think, yeah, nowadays kids are exposed to a lot more, which, you know, could be good in a way. I think they have so many more resources than we may have had when we were uh, that age. So I'm glad that you all are in a position that, you know, whenever you all decide to have kids, you got so much already built and in place to show and teach them. I know I kind of went off into kids, but <laughs> 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 so I was having a conversation with a kid on a younger guy on social media. He's 21. He's like, I got to make a hundred thousand this year. I was like, bro, at 21, I was drinking in college. <laughs> like, say, like, you, I was like, that's one of the problems because you see so much, you feel like you got to compete with everybody. Yeah. But I'm like, you're doing a lot better than I was doing at 21 and also doing a lot better than the other 21, 21 year olds around you. So right. it's a gift okay. and a curse, like you said, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think on social media, you know, they're talking about, you know, get get to six figures, uh, become a millionaire. And it's true. A lot of people are teenagers and in their early 20s. 
and they're feeling the pressure to, yeah, compete with other people who really are, you know, wealthy at that age or who appear to be wealthy at that age. And yes, a lot of pressure, even for us adults, you know, a lot of us adults, you know, uh, can get caught up in that too. But I think life is just much more fulfilling when you're not trying to, you know, compete or live, do what other people do and just, you know, do what you want to do in your life. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. So next here is my financial affirmation card. So I'm just going to pull a random financial affirmation card. And I just want you all to tell me how it makes you feel and how it may relate to your own personal or professional journey. Okay. All right. So I have my financial goals are a priority. Um, how does that make you all feel or how does it relate to your own journey? I would say it definitely is a priority because it's on that board back there with some of the financial goals are we see it every day. Um, I think I think they're definitely a priority because it I think being more financially stable allows us to help others in other in ways that we didn't even realize. Um, we've been able to help our family, our friends with no problem. Um, and it goes a long way. I mean, I, I think that's why it's it's really important. Yeah, and prioritizing our financial goals during the journey is what helped us to continue, right? And that's what helped us to get other jobs because we knew we had this goal of getting out of debt and doing something different. So yeah, I would say yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I always uh, share a financial affirmation. I, I read and write them all my time myself. Although we know there has to be some action behind right. the affirmations, but I do believe in speaking the way we speak, the way we think and feel about our money and just our life in general uh, really plays a role in the action that we take every single day. So thanks for sharing your feedback on that. No, no and the last one here is I know a lot of times we get, we are asked, you know, what advice we would give to our younger selves, but I want to know what advice would you give to yourselves right here in this moment? Um, I would say keep going. Yeah, I say no breaks. <laughs> I mean, take breaks. No, no, like don't. <laughs> no, not that type of breaks. I mean breaks with a car, like no stopping like that. Oh, kind of like what I just said. Keep going. Yeah, yes. I literally said the same. Thing. Yeah, but I agree. Get what your the own. hell? How about you no, <laughs> you literally took mine. Oh, God. Just, say I, just with, say I agree with you then. Yeah. No, well, then I have my own then. Moving on, I got my own. I'm going to go with then, um, I think, like, just the word that I, we've been saying is elevate. That's how I say. Continue to grow. Good one. Yeah. That was different. Different than mine. <laughs> well, I love both of those tips because I can use that. And there's so many other people out there that can hear it, too, and will benefit from it. So if you could both let us know. How can people connect with you all, support you all in your businesses? Um, mostly um, Instagram, working on the site, but we've been saying that for two years, but we're working there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> the Hartrimony is, is our Instagram. So it's the H-A-R-T-R-I-M-O-N-Y. And our email is there. Our email is there, uh, links of places we've been featured, all the courses that we have, how to do one-on-one consultation, all of that is on there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I got my debt-free AF shirt because um, my last debt I have right now. Yes. yes. Um, my last debt is student loan. So I am just, I like to be able to see the reminder every day. So that's why I like to support 
getting products like these. I love t-shirts and hoodies anyway. So when I saw this shirt, I was like, yes, I have to have it because even though I haven't paid off my student loans yet, I still have to operate and move like, you know what? It's already happened. It's coming, you know, it's coming already. So thank you for continuing to, you know, offer services and products to help elevate uh, my life and other people out there. And everyone that's listening to the show, definitely check out both of them on Instagram, on their website. Take a look at all of the services they have to offer because it's going to help you elevate in your financial lifestyle and just in your life in general. And this is the end of the show. But before I go, I want to encourage you to just take it one step at a time and do your best every single day. And don't wonder what if, take a risk and I'll see you next week. Financially free with Cleo.